This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It is not easy to get information about what happens to people when they are in police custody or when they're killed in police custody. It's even harder. I mean, it's a lot of freedom of information requests to police departments, to coroner's offices, to government agencies. I mean, you name it. So we're going to talk about a project where they tried to do all of that, where they tried to get that information, try to find out more about the number of people who are killed in police custody in B.C. But it's incredibly challenging. Leonard Claire Cunningham is an independent researcher who has been working on this. It has not been easy. Leonard joins us now to talk about it. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for, um, yeah, thank you for inviting us. It was impossible to, uh, Rafe Mayer was one of the early supporters of this project. And oh, that is a delightful man. Yeah, what a delightful man. You're so right. That is so good to hear. Tell me, Leonard, how how did you gather this information? Because it's not easy getting this kind of information. Um, we were helped by the research uh, librarian, Nancy Hannum, uh, one of the best research archivists. And we're, uh, you, just our background's research. Uh, so we started with that, identified a whole series. There is a series of FOIs, Freedom of Information Requests. And um, so then we submitted, we isolated 25. Now the project is specifically on First Nations deaths in custody. So we isolated 25 incidents, not all of them deaths in custody, that illustrate the situation and from which we could learn and possibly, hopefully, but no, not possibly or hopefully, the goal being um, keep people alive. Now, the project is called Not in the Public Interest, and people can definitely read all about it online to get all the details on it. So what did you find in these cases? Was there any kind of similarity? What, what, were, the, what were the results that surprised you? Uh, the, the biggest single result that surprised me is, well, the rest of the world is talking about whether black lives matter. In British Columbia, you have a legal ruling that's quite clear. What surprised me is the coroner's office which is their mandate is to prevent death. Um, The absolute refusal to release any information from any of these public bodies. And uh, freedom of information is a cornerstone of democracy. It doesn't matter if I'm a researcher or work with a group, I'm a citizen. I have the right to know. Um, They ruled all of them. It is not in the public interest. Understand this. Not in the public interest is... Best understood uh, the working principle, if I stopped 10 people on the street and I said, here's an issue, and does it matter to you even if you're not personally impacted? Do you care? And that, that's the general understandable. The Office of the Information and Privacy Commission, um, the coroner's office, hired lawyers to fight the release of this information and just basically have a legal ruling that says nobody cares about this issue in British Columbia. Let's also understand one of the primary things we found that is changeable is duty of care. When somebody goes in injured, do they come out alive? These, it's one of the most 
actionable changes we could do in day-to-day operations or policing and in custody that would prevent that. Understand this, the coroner hired lawyers to fight against a project that could prevent death. And oddly enough, at the press conference, um, the day as we were preparing, we received a phone call from Megs Patrick. Uh, the coroner's inquest had just concluded Friday into her daughter's death. There's massive questions. She felt, after going through the IIO, Independent Investigations Office, and the coroner's, um, that her voice hadn't been heard. She was devastated. We invited her to the press conference to speak yesterday. So when you talk about lawyers being hired to prevent you from getting this kind of information, you know, freedom of information request didn't work. So then how did you get this information? And so what did you find? Um, can't boil it down to a single. We're writing, the goal is more, uh, it's silly, maybe to some, but to us, we like that. These are real people, and their stories deserve to be heard. Um, so people can go to the website, read, read each individually. Plus, we have uh, we put together um, some video segments. Artists have helped us and stuff. Uh, so I can't distill it into a single finding. Uh, we have problems. I'll tell you one thing we found. The IIO, I wrote the original Frank Paul article. CBC gave me developmental money for an investigative documentary. And that's what started that. Sorry, I'm just... Single biggest thing we found is the present system, or the most important, the present system does not work. The Frank Paul inquiry led to the establishment of civilian oversight. But we did not fight for a system it is going to force families to go through two separate processes in the same death. So just think about it. You've lost a loved one, right. and you have to endure the coroner's inquest and the IIO investigation. And so far, what we're discovering is none of these families are satisfied. They're left with more frustration, anger, and questions. That's, and that's, that's a, a good fundamental point. betrayal. That's a good point, because we just saw that happen again. We mentioned the Miles Patrick case there. We just saw that happen, right? There's the Independent Investigations Office investigation. That has to be done. And then there's the coroner's office. And you still wait for answers. And now a couple of years have gone by before the family gets any information. Uh, um, Now, the IIO is in its infancy. And let's be clear, so is civilian oversight. Not a great body of research. So this is a brand new thing, and I'm going to applaud it. And I want people to understand that even in the families, I've extended the idea. Remember that the police fought against the IIO. Um, so we're asking them they're underfunded. They should be immediately made uh, independent office of the legislature. Uh, they have to, as they've requested, pull from, I can't remember the specific case, but they recommended charges and the Crown said no. Let's remember that the Crown Council works each and every day with the police. These are their friends. It's not like an episode of Law and Order. The police investigate crimes. You know, the Crown prosecutes them. They need a dedicated Crown Council who just takes the referrals. They cannot be left to draw. It's like rolling the dice on whether we're going to charge somebody or not. Whether you're going to charge your best buddy that you just went out for beer with. You could play hockey together. That is not a system that works. Um, I do urge... Uh, patients with the IIO. 
Right. The, well, the work that's fascinating, I've been reading through the project here, and I encourage people to check that out. Listen, thank you so much for your time this morning. All right. Thank you, Simi. That's Leonard Claire Cunningham, the researcher for the project Not in the Public Interest. And this is taking a look at Indigenous deaths in police custody. And it is a frustrating process, right? We, we talk about that, Miles Patrick case that we have just been going through. Uh, it has been uh, tough to get any answers from that, even with the coroner's inquest, even with the IIO uh, investigation on that.